uh, actually having less money to spend, even after the government gave them stimulus or stimuli or whatever it was that we've got. I think it's stimulus. Just combine the two. It's just stimulus. Well, if it comes from a politician, it's a stimuli, but that's okay. Exactly. Uh, (laughs) Sorry, politicians. I'm not. (laughs) They brought it on themselves. Once more unto the breach, dear friends. Else fill the wall up with our English dead. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and welcome back to another exciting second hour of The Personal Wealth Coach starring Jake and Jeff McClure. Ah, uh, yes. We are back to uh, um, degrace you with our presence. <clears throat> There's a uh, continuing our discussion from the last hour where we talked about the things that are causing the economy to keep growing. Something that um, you have to be a bit of a geek to find is that is a number that I think is very important. And it's inflation adjusted, adjusted disposable consumer income. Wow. That's a mouthful, but it's really Basically, what we all want. We, all of us want inflation adjusted consumer disposable income. The, uh, the, the income for consumers in January was reported by the Labor Department. Or no, I'm sorry, from estimates from IHS Market, uh, High Frequency Economics, Goldman Sachs, and J.P. Morgan. And it uh, comes from the Bureau of Economic Analysis, and they're looking at it. So it's coming from a whole bunch of different sources. And believe it or not, with all those subtitles I just put on it, it makes it more reliable. In the first quarter of 2023, personal, the average personal disposable inflation adjusted income, that's the income a person has after adjusting for inflation over the last year and adjusting for taxes and bills that have to be paid and everything else. It's called excess income. It is an excess. It either goes into savings or, go, or gets spent. It rose 4.2%. Now, that sounds like a very small number of 4.2% rise. But this is this is important because over the last couple of decades, maybe more, maybe three decades, that number has been shrinking. And, and it basically is that the the cost of things and the things that we have to do in our bills and taxes and everything else have been going up faster than average income. And that has definitely caused a problem. And in 2021 and 2022, we lost ground, and, and there was a lot of headlines about the fact that the the consumer in the United States is losing ground, uh, actually having less money to spend, even after the government gave them stimulus or stimuli or whatever it was that we've got. I think it's but stimuli first, Just combine the be. two. It's just stimuli Well, if it comes from a politician, it's a stimuli, but that's yes, okay. exactly. Uh, <laughs> sorry, politicians. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> They brought it on themselves. But a 4.2% gain for January in inflation-adjusted disposable income for consumers is a big thing. This is the kind of thing we see preceding economic booms, not preceding recessions. The other thing is, and we haven't talked about this very much because, in fact, it's pretty confusing and complicated. The leading economic indicators that are published by a a couple of private agencies in the United States, which have been very predictive of recessions historically, have been down for 11 months now. In other words, for, for the last 11 months, 
the leading economic indicators, which function very well in a traditional <clears throat> U.S. economy, have been saying we're headed into a major recession. Here's the problem with that. We have never headed into a major recession ever, ever, ever that wasn't preceded by months and months of falling employment. Falling employment, falling disposable after that number I gave you a moment ago, the after inflation personal disposable income, that falls employment falls and everything keeps running along just fine for a while. And certainly the big, the big one in the market and everything else that we had in 2000 through 2002, we saw that falling for almost a year before the market cratered, before the economy slid downhill. Uh, all of that was preceded by two major things, a fall in employment and a fall in disposable income. We are seeing rises in employment and rises in disposable income. And we are in a very, very strange economic situation where the traditional predictors, the traditional indicators of what is to come are contradictory. Yeah. So, and yeah. So, and a weird place to be. Right. So, to lay that out, when, when I quoted last hour, I talked about the leading economic indicators. And we're really fond of this. It's the conference board puts it together. And what is it? What is it that we're talking about here? It's, it's a series of components that they do surveys on. So you've got the leading credit index. That talks about delinquencies and things like that. And we've got negatives on that. I was talking about that just a moment ago. Uh, the S&P 500. That's a weird one. Why is that a leading indicator? Well, the stock market's generally a leading indicator. Well, right now, as a leading indicator, it's positive again. It's not very positive, but it's up from the bottom. So we have a positive there. Uh, you have the interest rate spread on 10-year T-bonds less the federal funds rate. That's a wonky one right now. We've been talking about the inverted yield curve. Well, that's exactly this component. This says, hey, we're inverted. The very short, very, very short overnight rate and the 10-year rate are not good. The spread is negative. We got a bad issue here. So it, that's a negative here. Um, it peaks up to a positive in, is at some point very shortly if just the pattern continues that we're seeing. That may be a positive shortly because, the as we talked about last hour, interest rates are starting to stabilize. Um, we've got consumer expectations for biz, business connect, conditions. We've got the ISM index of new orders. That's manufacturing orders. Those are negative. Uh, consumer expectations are negative. ISM index of new orders are negatives. Building permits for pricing, private housing, negative. We know that. Interest rates are up on mortgages. Average weekly hours in manufacturing has been wobbling back and forth month by month. Positive, negative, positive, negative. It's at equilibrium. Right now, it's negative. Last time, it was positive, barely. It's barely negative now. Uh, manufacturing new orders, non-defense, capital goods. So no aircraft, no big defense type stuff, just normal manufacturing orders. Negative, positive. We're wobbling right at equilibrium there. Uh, manufacturing new orders in consumer goods and materials. That's a positive. Average weekly initial claims, unemployment insurance. That's a positive. So the things that we have negative are mild, or I mean positive, are mildly positive, and the things that we have negative are extremely negative, and yet we're still looking at it and saying, 
there's differences in what we're looking at right now. We have a lot of cash on hand, which the stimulus that was given in 2020 and 2021, the stimuli from from the president's Trump and the president Biden coming through uh, is actually what's keeping us out of a recession right now. Those stimuluses back then kept us out of the recession right now, but we've traded it for inflation. So can we get rid of inflation without a recession? That's the question we've had for over a year now. So far, we're taming slowly inflation. We haven't had a recession yet. So really what we are are backseat drivers and the feds at the wheel and saying, we got this, we got this. We're going to raise interest rates. They're not trying to prevent a recession. And they've been clear on that. That's not their job. Their job is not to prevent recessions. Their job is to create stability for our currency and to keep employment high. So those are the two jobs of the fed right now. Keep people employed and tame inflation. And they seem to be doing a pretty good job of it. So far, no recession. And obviously, they don't want to make a recession, but that's not in their job. If they, if they make a recession, then they're still doing their job. So from us, the question about whether or not it's a recession comes back to this philosophical one. Because of the employment situation, if we have a recession here, in a weird way, this is going to be a nice recession. It should recessions are one of those things that we are great advocates for. We need recessions, and the more of them, the better. You're welcome to gasp at what we just said or be shocked. I just said we want in, we want recessions to occur more often than they have been. Why? Because then they're really mild. You don't give them nicknames like the great one. <laughs> the Great Recession. No, no thanks. The Pandemic Recession. No, if you go back to the 1940s all the way up through the 1990s, we averaged a recession every four years, and they really weren't that big a deal. They weren't things you wrote home about unless you lost your job in one of them. And most people didn't. They were minor and mild. If we have longer periods between recession, we build up a bunch of dead wood in the forest. And when the wildfire hits, it burns healthy wood with the dead wood if there's too much dead wood. What am I talking about here? You don't know who's not wearing swimming suits until the tide goes out. Recessions are, or, or bear markets in this case, are how we discover fraud because you don't look for fraud when everything is good. You look for fraud when things start to break, and this is what you see in the crypto world right now. This is how we discovered mortgage-backed securities weren't as safe as they could be because of recessions. The kinds of things that we clean up in the recession are all the things that were broken. Uh, in Turkey right now, they're looking at their construction policies. Why? Is it huh. because they're leaning Maybe. forward into the future and saying, we will be extra safe because our construction policies will be... No, it's because they just had a big problem. We fix things after they break, unfortunately. <laughs> It'd be nice if we just built them right the first time. But that's not human nature. I looked, by the way, at some of the pictures after the earthquake there, and there's something missing. And it's it, you don't have to be an engineer to figure this out. If you see a concrete building that has collapsed to dust and rubble, 
and there's no metal sticking out of it like rebar and there's no rebar sticking out of the concrete that is an indication <laughs> that somebody cut the corners and didn't put the rebar in the building when it was built and that's why it collapsed and fell to dust right so this i was using that as an example because we need events to be bad before we fix things the old, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. It's, you know, before the global financial crisis, when they're talking about, we shouldn't be giving these loans to people that can't afford to pay for them. And the people respond, well, they haven't been delinquent yet. And my response to that then and now is, I plan on living forever. So far, so good. <laughs> so far, so yeah, good. It only works until it doesn't. And we're about out of time. This is the Personal Wealth Coach with Jeff and Jake. McClure. Uh, this is the personal wealth coach, and we do make uh, other statements than really bad puns about songs. Uh, we are uh, a, a finance program, as you would probably guess from the personal wealth coach being our title. The personal wealth coach is not just the title of the program. It's also the name of an SEC registered investment advisory firm. All right. Well, does that mean that the SEC likes us? What would you say to that, sir? I would say that the SEC is professionally dislikes almost everyone. Right. That is no implication of the SEC's approval just because we're registered with them. Why is the radio program and the firm named the same thing? Because we have to give this disclosure no matter what it is, and it's less disclosurable. It takes less time to do if it's just the same name. So we've been doing this program here uh, on this in, on this station, fourteen hundred AM in Temple, since nineteen ninety six, we've been doing this a long time, and we haven't been paid for it ever. Uh, we also Man. have not ever paid for it, so we've been doing this a long, long time. And the whole idea is education. We do advertise as a firm for on the studio, uh, on the channel for this radio program. We don't actually advertise for our firm. We're advertising for the radio program. So what we're saying is that this is educational and we do occasionally get business from it, but our purpose here is truly education. That being said, it's not advice. Advice would be if I knew who you were, if the other bald guy, Jeff, knew who you were and we were able to have a private conversation with you about things in your best interest versus broadcasting to everyone. So we're going to be talking about education, which is why we do the program to begin with. So those two disclosures are really one. And having said that, do you deem to tell us another disclosure? Yes. The information we present on this educational radio program has been obtained from sources we deem to be reliable, but we make no warranty or guarantee as to the accuracy or completeness of said information. And he really can't get through the week without that. I think right. uh, if you would like to talk to us off the air, we actually give individually, uh, individually crafted and customized advice based on what people are trying to achieve. That's generally and portfolio management and portfolio management. And that's generally for people with higher net worths, but we make exceptions occasionally. Um, and so you can contact us locally, voicemail available during the weekend, but actual real live people, no phone tree during the week at 254-947-1111. You can reach that line tool free at 1-800-914-7526. That's 800-914-PLAN. 
And I think it's important to note that we're an independent fiduciary firm. We don't work for a corporation. We only work for our clients. Right. Exactly. Uh, you can go to our webpage, thepersonalwealthcoach.com or tpwc.com. There's a contact form. You can use emails, Jeff or Jake at tpwc.com. There are uh, recordings of the radio program going back years, newsletters going back decades, uh, and you can find us wherever podcasts are given. Um, thank you very much for listening on a nice Saturday morning. And until next week, this has been The Personal Wealth Coach.